Hi, and welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. I am Melissa Alguera, your personal identity life coach. Let's go to the podcast. Hey guys, welcome to Whole Heart Transformation. Today, in light of the month, and I'm just having all the feels because right now, where we live on the central coast of California just really feels like fall. I was thinking about how much I love fall and how important it is to follow your body and listening to what it's trying to tell you. And, you know, the reason why this is so important for our healing journey is because our body remembers what our mind does not. Our body remembers what the brain has forgotten. And when I think about fall, I always have like this really um, exciting sense in the air. There's things, I have memories that are associated that feel good in my body. But what about the things that don't feel good in your body that have been pushed away because it doesn't feel right? We don't like it and we don't sit with it. What happens is, is we don't heal. And sometimes when we're in a place where we cannot get curious with what's happening inside of us, it makes it a, a little bit more difficult. So let me give you an example. So um, the other day I was out with my horse and the person that I'm currently working with um, as we're trying to rehabilitate him. And we, we were going for a ride. I was going to ride first and then she was going to get on after. And I was just feeling this real weird grief come over me that I wasn't prepared for. And I didn't know why it was there. And I didn't have the free space to process it because I was with the horse and I had to be intentional with him. And then I needed to be intentional with her, but my brain just kind of wasn't functioning. Like I was forgetting to do certain things as I was, you know, getting on him and I was um, getting on our horse and, and, um, there was like, I was forgetting the names of things and I'm like, what is happening with me? And I was just in this really like deep funk all of a sudden when we got there, which usually I'm not like when we get to the horse, I'm always like so excited to be with him and to process, you know, um, his work with him and see where he's at and ride him and just love on him. And this day it was harder. And I didn't get a chance to really think about it and process it until I got in my car. So as I was sitting and considering, there was just some changes that I recently made in my life that I needed to do for myself, just kind of eliminate some things that were not working for me and where I didn't feel like I could fully show up. And so I had just quit something and, and there was this pain I didn't realize that was connected to it within the season that I'm in, because this is my really long stretch of pain where I discovered who my husband was in secret. So there were so many aspects of life that went along with that. I, you know, as I was discovering the deep pain and betrayal from my husband's side, September of 2019, I was also at that time, the worship leader for my church. I was running teams. I had built up this beautiful worship team and was really happy with where we were at. I mean, every weekend was just incredible. Like every, every service that we had, like people were getting wrecked 
by God and by the Holy Spirit and just having new encounters with him. And so the loss that I incurred at that time was not just with my husband and my family, but it was also within the context of the ministry that we had been building together for so long. And it was like, I just, I, I, it just like all hit me at once. It was like this wave of grief. Um, and just this remembrance of the losses. And it's super important to understand that if I had not gotten curious with that, if I'd not brought that into relationship with other people, I might have taken that grief that I was feeling. It was in the pit of my stomach. It was in my throat. I might have done something that I didn't like in order to get it out of my body or to like avoid the feeling of grief. I might've done some sort of numbing behavior. And then as I numb it and push away from it, the feeling in my body, what this, you know, sense is trying to tell me, then if I did prolong that, it could come out sideways if I, if I did not get curious with it. And I'm so glad I did because as I processed with some good friends in the totality of what was coming up for me, it was like, there was a deep well that was all underneath what was surfacing in my body. And as I got like more curious, there was more pain and grief that was attached to what was coming up for me. This is all stuff from four years ago that I thought that I had processed through, but there was like another angle. I always call it like a Rubik's cube when we're doing work. Sometimes we'll think that we've processed a certain thing and maybe we did, like maybe we turned the Rubik's cube on one end of it. And then now there's another turn we have to do on that. And there's more to process. And the problem is not that our body is having this experience and we're feeling it. We, we have been told that that is the problem. We, we've been told you just need to get over it. You need to push it away. Like stop thinking about that. And one of the most devastating things that I saw this weekend when I was at the rodeo was that exact experience. Um, I went to the rodeo and I saw a mother telling another child, her child, her two-year-old are like less than two, just to stop crying. Like, nope, there's no need for that. You just need to stop. And I was just thinking, oh no, like this is why we for so many years as a society and as a culture don't know how to sit with the real experiences in our body because we're told that it's wrong to have an emotional experience. We're told that it's wrong to feel what we feel. And it's like, what the hell? Like, we cannot control how our body responds. Our body just responds. It's not that piece that needs to be controlled. The piece that needs to be controlled is when there's behaviors that come out of that from not facing and feeling. That piece we can only control even so much within our power. And so like, you know, before we even get, and I can't even say that, like it's not about controlling the behaviors. Let me kind of rewind. It's not about controlling the behaviors. What we can control is by facing and feeling in reality. That's what we can control. Like allowing ourselves to process through fully exactly what we are experiencing in the moment with another person to undo the aloneness and disconnection that we're feeling on the inside of why we are feeling this way. And when I, so when I say like the thing that we can control is our behavior, I mean, like 
how we will respond. How are we going to respond? And sometimes the reality is, is if we grew up like the little girl that I was just talking about, we won't be able to face and feel in reality because we've been taught over and over and over, had repeated experiences as a child that it wasn't okay to feel in our body. And I have to be honest with you, I was devastated as I was watching this experience happen for this child. And this wasn't the first one. There were other experiences that I was noticing um, and other kids where it was very similar. They weren't allowed to feel. They just put them back in the bounce houses and like, hopefully they'll get over it. And it just wasn't okay. And my son had an experience where it it was kind of cute. He was roughhousing with some of the other boys. And I had actually have never seen him do this really um, because he hasn't, um, he hasn't had a lot of, you know, experiences with kids, his age, a lot of the kids that were born around his age, we, it was all COVID. And so that, you know, COVID was forever when he would be in that sort of developmental stage and he wasn't able to connect in these ways as much. And so now he's starting to do that. And he has an older sister who doesn't do the rough housing and probably shouldn't with him. So anyways, so he's roughhousing with the boys and it's really cute. And I'm watching and I'm like, oh, cool. Like he's doing that thing that boys do is like, you know, kind of fighting. And they, and they weren't like mean or um, cruel. It wasn't like that type of, of fighting. It was just, you know, really horsing around. And then one of the boys grabbed him from behind and that really upset my son. It was very triggering for him. And so I watched him as it was happening and I, I attuned to it right away. I was like, oh no, like, this is scary. Are you scared? I see you're scared. And of course he was like, yeah, it was scary. And I took him out and I held him and comforted him in that place of fear. Because if I hadn't, you see, here's the thing. If I hadn't attuned to that, if I, if I had not met him in that place of what he was experiencing, the fear, and that, that could have settled in as a trauma in his body. So he could have a response. Anytime someone comes up behind him, he could be flailing his arms, you know, but he was met with attunement and care. And he didn't have to go through that situation alone. I was right there with him. Now, obviously there are times where that doesn't happen. And then we grow up as adults and we have these bodily responses, you know, and I'm talking about just, you know, we have uh, trigger, we are sensitive to something and we don't know why, because it could have been something back when we were five. And it's crazy how the body links back there when it's unprocessed, but it does. So now as adults, if we didn't get met in that way, or we had parts of our story that were deeply alone, then we have to go ahead and process that. Otherwise it stays stuck in our body. And I remember this one, um, group process that I had, uh, where, um, this one lady was processing and she was quite a bit older. She was in her, gosh, she had been like in her seventies and she was talking about how, uh, she was, when she was, I think maybe six, she had been tied up, um, on a pole. It was like a joke with the neighborhood boys and she was fine with it. But then when she got in the position in the tied up place, she froze. And there was a part of her that kept minimizing it and like, um, saying like, it's not a big deal. Like kids were just playing, but there, there, her body remembered the trauma. And even when it would had happened. And as we kind of got 
slower, like slow and like got curious with what was happening in her body and really validating the part of her that froze and was not okay with that. She was able to get in touch with her anger and she was able to just beautifully process through the the current experience and love that young part of her. So we set it up as this experiential where somebody held the role for her and she was kind of on the outside looking in. And then she ended up just even untangling this young part of her and like grabbing her and saying, you know, you are like, you are fine. Like this wasn't okay. This shouldn't have happened. And just really validating the experience of this young part of her in the present moment, because it was felt in the present moment. And with that, like our body is literally the link to our healing, but from a young age, we're told to not feel, we're told to like, hurry up and get up and like, just carry on with it. And then we have this emotional experience and memory or whatever trauma trapped in our body. And then anytime we're around something like that, it happens again. And so the, the reality is, is like, if we don't know how to face and feel in the moment, then we have to do something else to deal with that. We have to escape that emotional experience. And whatever we've been using since we were a kid will be what we go to. And a lot of people don't understand this because a lot of people think that when you get older, you should just be grown up already. And I've mentioned this before. A lot of people think that like you, when you become a certain age, like you should just already be an equipped adult. And the reality is, is if we've been using tools to not face and feel in reality in the moment, then we are going to do what we did when we were young because ultimately we are characterologically stuck in that place where we started using avoidance tactics to not feel and deal. And what many people don't understand is feeling and dealing, feeling it in your body, allowing it to be present and fully processing that when you can with another person, that builds your character, that builds capacity for reality, that builds capacity to be there for other people, that builds capacity to stop for yourself, you know, and that builds awareness, self-awareness of who you are, what's happening inside. I mean, think about it from the perspective of you, you say to yourself, I don't know why I do what I do. How terrifying is that? That we do things that we don't know why we're doing it. That's like being in a body that you don't understand. That's like being in a place that feels unknown and foreign. That's terrifying. I I just think about like, if I went to a foreign country and I knew nothing about the language, I knew nothing about like where to get food, like what was safe. That's what it feels like to me when we are not able to be curious with what's happening inside of us and we don't discover and know ourselves. You guys, we are the most complex beings, literally so complex. And this is why when we're in a relationship with somebody, truly like a partnership, the the beauty of exploring ourselves and each other is so vast and never ending because there's so much to explore. There's so much that's hidden. There's so much that's like underneath all of the things that we haven't even processed or discovered yet. And so it should never be boring uh, when we are in that place of like discovering about each other, like discovery should be forever for ourselves and with another person. Discovery is forever if we so choose to do that and so choose to explore. And when we don't explore, that's when it becomes this place of 
real boringness and like kind of dull because we are not having any self-reflection about ourselves. So we have no self-reflection about ourselves. We have no self, we have no reflection of another person. We just make assumptions. We make assumptions from the place that we sit, which we really don't know ourselves in this place. So we just, you know, project all, all kinds of stuff. And when we get curious with our body, we can find and discover who we really are. We can find and discover grace for other people. We can find and discover places in ourselves that we didn't even think existed. It's like when I think about the horse that I just got and I'm cracking up because yesterday I did a, a riding lesson with our coach. And I think I've done, my daughter's been doing this for a year, but I started I'm trying to think that maybe this is like my sixth lesson. Okay. And the coach was like, what? Like you are so good at this. How are you such a natural at this? And she keeps asking me every time she's a little bit older. She keeps asking me, did you, have you ridden before? I'm like, no, I haven't ridden. I have watched my daughter's lessons, but there is a difference between putting something practically into practice versus like just watching on the outside or listening it is a very big difference. And especially when you're doing a dressage writing, that's what I'm getting trained in right now. You are doing something called AIDS. Like you have to, like, it's like literally like multitasking on a thousand different levels. Like you're paying attention to the horse, you're paying attention to where you're going. You have to pay attention to your hands, your legs. You know, if you have a whip, you have to use the whip. It's just very complex how your body, how you sit, you know, you sit in your seat. If you're long and tall, if your legs are long, you know, if you're kicking in the right place, if you're noticing things, I mean, it's just so very complex. And from this place, I wouldn't have done this type of work with a horse and my own training and my own process. If I haven't done some of the healing work, because I didn't even know that this was inside of me. I didn't even know that I could be a horsewoman. And here I am now on the way to owning my own horse and I love it. And I never even knew that this was going to be a journey that I took. I'm 41. I never even thought, oh, I'll own a horse one day and I'll just love this. I never thought that. I, I really, truly never thought that. I thought I'd travel forever and that that would be my life. And, I, and I'll and i probably travel too. I, I mean, I have traveled. We did that a lot in our younger years and even up until we travel all the time. So all that to say that we, you know, it's ex as I've been exploring myself, I have also discovered gifts and talents that I didn't know would be there because I am doing the process of healing. I am uncovering things about myself. I have generational things that were inside of me that I didn't know were there, things that were good and bad that I had to have had to process through. But if I hadn't done the deep work, if I don't continue to do the deep work, then I become at a standstill with where I'm going to show up for myself and others, where my purpose is growing or expanding. And my purpose cannot grow and expand if I cannot get curious with myself. My character cannot grow and expand if I am not in touch with why my body is responding the way that it does. I even uh, had a dream last night and I was telling my husband, he you know, he has changed exponentially. It is possible for people to change. And I was just really noticing it that even though he's changed, there are parts of my body 
that are stuck in the past of who he used to be. And so last night we had this beautiful connection and it's just, the connection has just been growing and growing and growing as he heals, as I heal, and as we're facing and feeling in reality apart and together. And so I had, we had this beautiful connection last night and um, I had a dream last night about the past and just this fear of like growing in this connection with him. And yet part of my body is still stuck in the past. And so I messaged him uh, while he was at work and I said, Hey, like, I want you to know, I, I see that you have changed. I, I see the deep work you've done and it, it is paying off. And there's this part of me that feels deeply connected to you, but there is another part of me that is still in the past of betrayal. And that part is so complex because of the fracturing levels that it experienced those parts of me. And so like, I'm, I'm able to hold the tension between both places. And his response was so beautiful. It was like, well, of course, like, of course, there are parts of you that have healed and can connect with me from this place and this new place that I'm at. And then there's these parts of you that cannot. And that is real because as I grow and as I heal in my process, new parts become exposed. Parts that were beneath other parts come out and reveal themselves. New grief comes out that I wasn't in touch with before. And so it's just this beautiful process we allow ourselves to really feel in our body and get curious with what is happening inside, we can get to those deeper healings that we really long for. And out of that healing can come new purpose, new meaning, new awareness of yourself, new security. I mean, if you're not feeling secure in yourself, I beg to tell you that it's probably because you are not aware of what's happening inside of you. You are doing numbing behaviors, escaping behaviors. And when we do numbing and escaping behaviors, we go against our own values, the real internal value of who we are. I was, uh, this weekend I was reading the Bible and there was a scripture that just hit me so hard. And it was about, um, it, it, I believe it's first John, actually, let me pull it up because I think it's super important as I'm here just sharing this piece with you, why it's so important to know this particular scripture. First um, John four nineteen, and it says that we love first because he loved us. And when I think about humanity as a whole, the DNA of love is with inside of all of us. Like we cannot love if God did not love us first. So it doesn't matter if you believe in God or not. Like love is in your DNA and we can extend more love as we heal and grow. We can extend more love towards self. We can extend more love towards others. But when we don't embody who we really are and our values and are not connected to that love that we were created with, then our self-esteem is shattered because we can't stick with what is true for us, true to our values. We don't even know what they are at times. Or maybe we know, gosh, like I value, you know, this, but I'm going against that. And I don't know why. And when we don't know why we do things, we blow our self-esteem up. And this is where it becomes really important to understand in your process that if you've been medicating or using you know, uh, hiding patterns or any sort of avoidance 
tactics to deal with your pain or to deal with the signals that your body is trying to alert you with, or you get really busy and you're just wanting to disconnect from the world. I have to tell you that you will continue in a cycle of not healing, not growing and deep self-esteem issues. And I really want you to feel like, you know, who you are in your process and have love towards yourself because in that space, we can have confidence to go out into the world knowing exactly who we are. So I hope this was helpful for you today. I hope this gives you another perspective. And I want you to know that we, um, I have, and I say we, because there's a lot of coaches that I've been working with and we're training up and getting going for our character formation stuff. But I want you to know that there are many of us out here who have done deep work, who continue to do deep work that are coaches and therapists that want to help you heal in your process. So if you are looking for that, I am so here ready to help. I have some openings still in my schedule, not very much, um, but enough where I can take on a couple more clients if you want to dig in deeper. And if I don't have availability, I have other people that I trust that I can pass you to and that you can get that healing that you're really longing for. Thanks for listening. If you have found today's podcast helpful, please like, subscribe, and share. If you are interested in coaching with me, go to www.identitylife.coach. And you can also find me on Instagram, identity.life.coach.